Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you ready for the Bible today? All right, 2 Corinthians 6.19 says this, Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? Isn't that a beautiful thought? That you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. When you receive Christ, the indwelling of the Spirit comes in your life. Let's take a moment, let's pray, and then we're going to jump right back into the Word. Father, we love you today. Thank you for worship. Thank you for your Word. Thank you for... You, first of all, and the one another that you give us, um, we do not take it for granted today that we are very blessed. And Lord, may we use our blessing to be a blessing. May we use our blessing to worship you. May we, may we make you proud. May we glorify your name today. Lord, we pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, whether it's live, online, in person, Lord Jesus. Father, may your blessing come upon each household. May we know you. May we walk with you. May we, Father, uh, fall more and more in love with who you are in our lives, Lord Jesus. We open up our hearts to hear your word today. Speak to us by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray for the empowerment of your spirit to share what's in your heart today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. You know, over the last couple of months, I've had a couple of times where during our worship, you know, if the Holy Spirit speaks something to our heart, you know, we're kind of one of those congregations where we're like, well, you know what, like, let's make that part of worship and let's just share what God is putting on our, our hearts, whether it's a word of wisdom or a prophetic word. And twice over the last month, the Lord has really put this thing in my heart about our homes being a sanctuary, a safe place of the presence of God. And uh, last week, I shared it for the second time while we were in worship and just felt compelled to do so. And I went home that week and I thought, you know, I think I just need to prepare a message around this theme. And so that's what I've, I've done um, for you today. You know, the Lord wants to bless your home. Amen? Our homes are meant to be a place of God's peace. Our homes are meant to be a place of God's rest. Our homes are meant to be a place of God's blessing. Our homes are meant to be a place of God's presence. Amen? And I want to take you to an Old Testament story today. It's in 2 Samuel chapter 6, where King David moves the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the Ark, because it's kind of like a central part this morning of the message and the significance of the Ark. The Ark... Um, It was this gold box, if you will, that was built uh, in the days of Moses. And God instructed him to build it while they were in the wilderness because um, they were going to be going to the promised land, and, uh, which is now Canaan. And this ark was this, this portable box, if you will, laden with gold, and it went into their portable church system, which was called the tabernacle, right? It's where they worshiped, where they sacrificed, where they met with God. And um, there, was this, there was this tent within the tent called the Holy of Holies, and basically, it was the room for this gold box. And then this gold box um, was Aaron's rod, um, which had budded, and it was, it was showing that God was with the people and God was with Aaron and his priesthood. Also in the box was a, was a stone copy of the Ten Commandments that God had given to Moses. It was the second set. The first set uh, got thrown down on the ground and broken up. Um, 
And then you'll notice there's these golden poles on the side of this box. And that's how the priest would transport this ark, this ark of the covenant. And uh, on top of it, there were these cherubim, which are these, um, these heavenly beings that faced each other. And God's presence would be manifest in between um, these two cherubim. And uh, God would even speak to Moses from this place. So what the ark represented is it represented the covenant of the law, which is God's agreement of how he would be their God and what their expectations are of him, okay? But the other thing that, the, that this ark represented is it represented one of the closest places that you could be to God's manifest presence on earth. And what's important to note is it was different than the peoples who had multiple gods and things like that because it was not an idol, you didn't worship the box. You follow me? As a matter of fact, there's no image of God on it. It's just a place where he would manifest his presence. Um, Israel, you'd say this is probably a pretty important box, right? Pretty important. Israel lost the box, lost the ark. They were in war with the Philistines, and the Philistines took the... They would take it with them thinking, you know, this will help us in battle. Well, they lost the ark. Um, not good, not good. And King David... Um, the second king of Israel decided, no, we need to bring the ark back, amen? And we need to put it in Jerusalem, our capital city, our place where we go to worship God. And uh, before Solomon built a permanent temple, David had this tent where he wanted to bring the ark of the covenant, and it was a tent where the priest and, and David would come and they would worship. And guess what? A lot of what was written in the book of Psalms would have been written in that tent in those days. And it, the purpose was, let's have a place to worship. So David had a great plan, a great plan. But you're going to find, see, as I start to read this story to you in Second Samuel chapter 6, that it didn't quite go to plan in the very beginning. So let's, let's drop in to 2 Samuel 6, verse 1. It says, David, again, brought together all the able men of Israel, 30,000. Y'all, that's a party right there. That's a lot of people. He and all his men went to Bala in Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim on the ark. They set the ark of God on a new cart. Would you say the phrase, new cart? We're, we're going to come back to that. New carts, they sound good. Sounds like a new car or something. We're going to come back to that, though. And brought it from the house of Abinadad, which was on the hill. Uzzah, Ohio, or Ohio, uh, sons of Abinadad, were guiding the new cart and the ark of God on it. And Ohio was walking in front of it. David and all of Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistrums, and cymbals. When they came to the threshing floor of Nakon, Uzzah reached out and took a hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down and he died beside the ark. That's a way to stop a party. Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah. And to this day, that place is called Perez Uzzah. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? He was not willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite for three months, and the Lord blessed him. Did you all say blessed him? Blessed. 
They blessed him and his entire household. This is a fascinating phrase. Because, uh, thing. You ever have a good plan go wrong? This was the, the plan wasn't a problem. It was actually a really, really good plan. David's like, man, we want to bring the ark to the place where we worship, right? So let's do this. And he didn't do it little, he did it big. 30,000 people, I mean, he made a big to-do of it and said, let's move the, let's move the ark. And they're just having a, a worship party, if you will, while they're moving this ark. Everything is going great until this oxen stumbles. The ark, you can imagine, like the gold box, right? It's shaking. And this guy, you know, he, he reaches out like to stabilize the box. I'm thinking that's probably a good move, right? He gets struck dead. And if you can imagine with everything that's going on, like that would just like arrest everybody in the moment. And David went, he went from worshiping and joy to angry and afraid. He was disillusioned and he was like having like the what just happened kind of moment. Um, apparently, you know, what it says from Scripture, reaching out to stabilize that ark was an irreverent act. It was the wrong thing to do. And you're thinking, feels like God's being a little nitpicky from our perspective, maybe as a Westerner looking at it like, like why, what's, the, what's, what's the big deal, God? Do you remember when we were looking at the picture of the ark, how it had those golden poles? Do you all remember that? You see, the Lord designed that ark to be carried. And David was feeling quite industrious. Basically, he gets 30,000 people, he goes, I can do better. We're in a modern age now. We're going to build a cart and have an ox pull it kind of thing. And, you know, David, I I don't think his heart was impure, but he did not follow the design. And it was when he didn't follow the design and then the ark is starting to tumble and they just reach out and put their hand on it God's like, no, 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 this is not what I meant. And God's not just being picky. There are moments when God's design speaks something very clear, and he wants us to pay attention to design and not go away from the design. And here was what was important. God's presence and his covenant are meant to be carried by people, not carts and ox. Did you all catch that? God's presence and his covenant is meant to be carried by us, not by our industriousness, not by our carts, not by our apps on our phone. Not by, now, you can have an app on your phone, right? Like Bible app, love, Bible app's amazing, right? But we don't have our phones. It's Samsung and iPhone are not carrying the presence of God. You are. Y'all catch that? Right? And so God was saying, no, 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 no. This is so important. I made it with poles on port. I don't want you to improve upon my design because I want people... To carry my presence. So David, he goes away to regroup um, because he's just like, what just happened? And I'm sure in that time is when he figures out what has gone wrong, right? Meanwhile, the ark, it's, 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 these two verses, we'll read them in just a moment. It says that the ark was put at Obed-Edom's house and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. Isn't that wild? So it goes from, killed this guy. Can you imagine they bring the ark? So this just killed somebody. (laughs) We would like you to put this in your home, put it in a safe place, worth a lot, lot, you know, kind of thing. Can you imagine like the kids running around, don't touch the ark. (laughs) Talk about child safety, right? But what it says 
is it says that the Lord blessed Obed-Edom's house. And so David, he goes, can you imagine, he's going, he's scratching his head going, what just happened? This guy just died. And look, but now I'm hearing that this household is so blessed. It's like, what is going on? He goes, okay, maybe we need to try this again. Going back to verse 11, reading verse 11 and 12, the ark remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite for three months, and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. Now King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. Man, don't you want that for your house? The blessing of the Lord in your home. Um, We need it in our homes. We need the, the blessing and the presence of God. We, we, we need to make our houses like Obed-Edom's house, a place where God's presence is welcome, where it's, his presence is invited, and where it is honored. And, you know, it, it's not complicated is what I want to communicate to you today. It's not complicated because really it comes to just honoring the Lord in your home and inviting his presence to be in your home. Um, how do we do that? Well, you know, it's when in our home, there's things like worship in our house. Amen? When in our home, God's word is read in our home. Where in our home, you know, we, we honor the presence of the Lord in our home. As in a, you know, and, and we humble ourselves because none of us are perfect. Amen? And, you know... Uh, uh, we have conflicts and we have anger and we have a, a carnal nature that we're battling and things like that. But when those kinds of things um, rise up in us, do we, do we give them life or do we humble ourselves before the Lord and go, God, this pride, this anger, this, uh, this, this thing that's rising up in me, um, it is not of you. I love what it says in James where it says, resist the devil and he must flee. It says, humble yourselves before God, resist the enemy, and he has to flee. Because our homes are not meant to be a place for the devil's playground, or for the devil to antagonize or to frustrate or to bring division or to bring frustration or depression or heaviness to our homes. But our homes are meant to be a place where God's presence abides, amen? It's not limited to this place on Sunday or when you're watching a service or listening to a podcast. No, <clears throat> we are meant to carry the presence of God. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you in your own household, in your own home, to, you know, sometimes this week, just say, Lord, what do you want me to do to it? To just maybe a prophetic act that just says, God, your presence and you have the authority over this household. You know, you could take some oil and, uh, you know, uh, put some oil on the threshold of your front door and pray and just say, God, only... Only you and the things of God are over and coming in and out of this house kind of thing. You know, that kind of prophetic act. Now, I always say this because I want to be careful. It's not magic. It's a faith act. It's the unseen God who moves. Amen? There's no magic in the oil. You don't need special oil. Matter of fact, I, this is a little embarrassing. I have literally anointed things, not people, by doing that. Because <laughs> I've got plenty of oil just on my head. The Lord's blessed me with oily skin. That's why I look 15. Um, <laughs> Probably didn't need to tell you that. I have a feeling I'm going to have a talk later about that. But um, 
It could be walking around your property and praying over your property and just saying, God, let this be a presence. And I'm not saying making your home this perfect place. I'm saying making it a home where the presence of God and the activity of God is way more welcome than anything else the world has to offer. And where when you go home, you're going home to a place of peace. You're going home to a place of rest. You're going to a home, a place of unity. I'm not saying that it has to be a perfect place because y'all, we ain't perfect, right? But we know which way we're learning, we, leaning. We know which way we're, we're, we're trying to just you know, say, God, bring it. Bring your presence and bring your peace because I know without a shadow of a doubt that God wants your home to be a place of his peace and his presence and of his power. King David, he said, you know what? Let's give this another go. And in 2 Samuel 6, verse 13, it says, um, they went to go get the ark. And it says, when those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fatted calf. Now, this time, he's got a different approach. Now he's got people carrying it. No ox, no cart, right? They take six steps, which is interesting because six in the Bible is like the number of man. And it's kind of like, you take the number of man in our own strength, we're carrying this box. Now let's just take a moment and let's just make a sacrifice and worship God. Like that is a careful, I don't know how far it was from Obed-Edom's house to Jerusalem, but six steps ain't much. I wonder if after a while they were just like one, you know, just like as much as they could get kind of thing. But, um, and it says in verse 14, wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. Y'all, he was worshiping. He was worshiping with crowds of people around him, with the priesthood around him. They were just worshiping and throwing a party for God. You want to know the thing that makes God the most welcome in your lives is worship. When you just lift him up, and it's not complicated, it's so simple. It's a, God, I appreciate you. I thank you. I worship you. You are good today. Thank you for your hand upon me. Thank you for your, your love for me. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're going to do. It, it doesn't have to be fancy. You don't even have to be a musician, thank the Lord, right? But there are, you can do it with, uh, with, with lyrics in your mouth. You can do it with just the utterance of your mouth. You can do it with the utterance of your heart. But God is worthy of our worship. And where, his worship, where we worship him, his presence is welcome, amen? He worships with all of his might. And while he and all of Israel were bringing the ark of the Lord up with shouts and the sounds of trumpets, as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in his heart. Uh Uh-oh. They brought the ark of the Lord and they set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. And after he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. And he gave them a loaf of bread and a cake of dates and a cake of raisins. And each person, the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women, and all the people went to their homes. What they were doing was a good thing. And it was celebrated. 
and it was honored, and, it, and, and everyone was blessed by it. I'm sure it was a very expensive act for David to, to bless these folks with, with, with this food to go home, but he wanted them to remember this day and remember what had happened. And what David was doing is he was bringing the presence of God into the city of God, and it says that he set it in its place. Just fast-forwarding a little bit, and then I'm going to go back. Later on, um, the Lord would speak to David, and he would be like, listen, you, you, you dwell in this beautiful home, and I dwell in this tent. And it would be like, it's time to build me a house. But then David realized that he wasn't going to be allowed to be the one to build the temple, that it was going to be Solomon. So David stored up everything so that his son could build the house of the Lord, and they would move that into that, the temple that Solomon had built. But it says that David put it in its place. He brought the ark and set it in its place. One of the emphasis that I want to give you today is just like Obed-Edom's home is, your place is a place that the presence of God wants to inhabit. Amen? But I want to read to you out of 2 Corinthians 6, verse 19, because um, let me read to you what it says. And it says, do, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. The reason that the ark was of the covenant was carried by poles is because people are to carry the presence of God, not what we manufacture. You are meant to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's what it's saying in 2 Corinthians. It's saying that you, your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are meant to be the place where his presence dwells. And you know, when you receive Jesus into your life, when you say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life, and as Jesus says in, to Nicodemus in, in John chapter 3, he says, you, be, you become born again. You need to be born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and he dwells in you. Isn't that amazing? And when we look at this and we look at who God is, isn't it amazing and humbling to know that God would dwell in you with his presence? And so if he would dwell in you with his presence, don't you think he wants your home to be a place of his presence? What's great is God's not limited to he's just in you or just here. God is everywhere, right? But we don't want, if you will, we don't want to settle for we know he's there. We want to honor him here. We want to honor him here. We want to honor him in our homes. We want to say, God, this is a place for you to interact. This is a place for you to visit. This is a place for you to come and be with us. Y'all remember there's an Old Testament story with Jacob where Jacob lays his head down on a rock and he has this picture and it's a picture of a ladder going up to heaven and angels and um, ascending and descending and it's like this interaction between heaven and earth, right? Your home should be a place where it says, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done in my place. And I'm telling you, when we make our, play, our home a place where we say, God, you are honored and your presence is here, it gives us confidence as we go to our workplaces. It gives us confidence when we go into the marketplace. It gives us confidence when we go and visit our neighbor. It gives us confidence when we go to serve someone to know, you know what, God is with me. His presence is with me. We're in the Holy Spirit class um, at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. Got a great group of folks. We're learning about the Holy Spirit in there. 
just amazed that God would bring his presence into our lives. What a great honor. And you all know that it's because he loves us and because we're created in his image and because he wants to be close to those he created. It's such an honor, isn't it? And I know there's a little bit, there's a part of us that goes kind of gulp. Like, do I, do I really honor how much God wants to be with me? And it's humbling sometimes for us to think he probably wants to be with us even more than we want to be with him, isn't it? And that's not to condemn you or to shame us or anything like that. But there's something in me that goes, but man, I want, I want my home to be a place of his presence. And over these, this last month uh, when we've been in worship, there's just been a couple times where God just burdened me where there's some households where, where home has not been the safe place. And I'm going to tell you today, God doesn't want that to be the case. And what's great is he is greater than any darkness. He's greater than any heaviness. He's greater than any sin. He's greater than anything. But what we have to do is we humble ourselves before him and we invite the Lord. It's not complicated. You don't have to be strong. He's already strong. And if, if you're battling something at home and you're like, my home is not like that, and I feel really ashamed right now, just humble yourself. Don't walk around in shame. Don't beat yourself up. Don't like, make a list of all the things that you're doing wrong and just get yourself wrapped around the, the axle and anything like that. Move forward. And move forward by saying, God, I humble myself and I invite you into this home. And I ask you, God, make my heart humble. He knows that you're not perfect. He knows that you're not quite right. And yet he chooses to tabernacle to bring his presence into your life. Amen? Aren't you thankful that he doesn't just look at you and every little bad attitude or every little skirmish or every wrong thing in you, he doesn't like pull his Holy Spirit away from you, like yanking you around. Aren't you thankful? said this a couple weeks ago. The answer is always, 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 always run to him. And I hope that you hear this this morning. God wants to inhabit your home. He wants to inhabit your household, your relationships. He wants to inhabit your place because he loves you. And you do not have to fight for the authority of the presence of God to be in your home. All you have to do is walk in it. Because the enemy has to flee. You go, well, what about this in my home? What about this? We carry the presence of the Almighty. And the light cast out the what? The darkness. God wants you to have confidence. Sometimes the way that confidence looks like is a little declaring, a little saying it. God, this is your house. God, this is your home. We are your people. We humble our hearts before you. But I want to tell you today, you can have confidence that God wants to be over your home, that his presence be over your home, that your, that your home be a safe place. Amen? Would you stand with me if you're in the in-person today? I just want to pray over you and pray with you. I have, a, I have a word that, um, that the Lord's just been putting on my heart the last day or two. And that is, there are some people um, that you are struggling in your own mind with division. And 
you're struggling in your own mind where you are in a place of confusion and you're in a place where um, it, there's just not clarity. And I just want to encourage you today to bring all of your thoughts under the authority of Jesus. When our minds go one way and then they go another way, it creates confusion. A double-minded person is unsta- man is unstable in all of his ways. And that's just a biblical concept. And so I just want to encourage you today, if you are dealing with confusion in your life, that's not of the Lord. God is not a God of confusion. And if you set your mind on Him, your focus on Him, and Him alone, He will bring peace, and that confusion will leave you. Amen? I want to pray for that. I don't know who that's for today, but whoever that's for, you just receive it and just say, I'm going to put my mind on the Lord and let the confusion leave. I want to pray over our households today. The thing is, He wants your household to be a place of His presence for you and then for others. So when people come to your house, they go, why why does it feel different here? You say, well, it's not me. It's actually the peace of the Lord over my home. Father, we love you today. God, I pray for those who are struggling with confusion today. You have not called us to confusion. You don't come to shame those who are in confusion today. You come to deliver them. And Lord, right now, I just pray for those who are battling confusion in their own heart and mind, that you would break that thing, that you would cause those storm clouds to move away. Father, we set our minds upon you, upon the things of God. Father, let no confusion come in. All the yabuts, Father, move them out of the way. And I just speak right now, peace, be still. May peace come to your mind and may clarity come to your mind in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray over our homes. God, we recognize that we are imperfect people and we know that you know that. And yet you have drawn us to yourself. This isn't about our performance. This is about us making a place for you in our homes. And so, Lord, we invite you over every household over every household in the name of Jesus, may your presence and your peace and your grace rest upon our homes. I pray that we will find new rest in our households, Lord God. We'll find a new peace in our households, Lord God. That things that have been a problem and confusion and have entered in, Lord God, and caused unrest or division, Father, that there would be a halting, Lord, and that, Father, when we see our own participation, that we would just quickly humble ourselves before you and just cry out and say, God, we humble ourselves. Now bring the grace, your grace, your unmerited favor to our homes. You give grace to the humble, It's the proud that you resist. We humble ourselves and God say, come, come, come over our households. Come over our marriages. Come over our children. Come over our property. Come and just let your presence rest upon our homes. God, you're good. You're good. And we just, we submit ourselves to your authority and give you honor and praise. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.